Hello and welcome to Career View Mirror. I'm your host, Joelle Crawford, and today's special guest is Karen Farrell Rose. She is the CEO of Shockingly Different Leadership, and in addition to being the CEO, she's a learning and OD strategist who focuses on facilitation, program, and workshop design, and it also is a, dyna a dynamic colleague and coach of mine. And at Shockingly Different Leadership, they live to equip and empower HR, learning, um, organizational design, and talent functions to help their organizations become future ready today. Welcome, Karen. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on the show because you're my first HR person. Um, we never, yay, <laughs> one of my people. And, um, and Karen, if for, for those who are listening and viewing, Karen and I have never met in person. We have been talking for probably about three, four years now, though. We met through an, a mutual colleague of ours, and we actually work uh, for several other clients, similar clients. And um, we've created this wonderful collaboration. And I really, it just dawned on me, Joy, you haven't had any HR people, your peeps. <laughs> on the show. So yeah. I'm so glad that you're here today. How did you, how would you specifically describe your career, Karen? Honestly, my career has been a hodgepodge. Um, and that might not be a popular thing to admit uh, when you're uh, coaching people that are focused on their careers. But, um, but I will say that uh, I started out in school um, wanting to be an industrial organizational psychologist, okay. but fell in love with the world of business as well and didn't want to do curriculum or uh, um, clinical work, I'm sorry, yeah. or for a university. So I decided I wanted to be on the people side of business. And lo and behold, there was something called human resources out there. And uh, that's what kind of uh, made me go into that area to start with. Mm -hmm. But I will say I am with that girl, right? Ah. That that <laughs> loves to do things outside of the box. Um, and so I, uh, throughout my career, I was hired as one thing under the umbrella of HR always. And then I was that person that was tapped on to do the special projects. So mm. if it was an acquisition or if it was a transformation or anything on the people side of business, um, because I do have a very strategic mind, um, I was the one to tap on. So I, as a benefit of that, I've been able to do multiple things uh, and have multiple roles on the people side of work. And, and thank you for sharing that. When you graduated from school with your degree in strategic and yeah. organizational development, did you just automatically get a job in HR or did you have to work your way in or how did you, did, how did that all work? How did that first HR job work for you? That's a great question. Uh, and as if those who go into or trying to get a break into HR knows, it's kind of hard to do so. Um, it's a very protected industry because of the level of confidentiality and you're dealing with people day in, day out. Um, it's hard to break in, even if you're a new grad. So actually my first real job out of college was working for the Small Business Administration wow. as a consultant for small businesses. I was employed by the Small Business Administration, wow. but I was able to do um, HR consulting work for 
being paid to do that um, as an employee for small businesses who didn't have HR uh, personnel. So that was my first um, tiptoeing in um, to get some experience. And then once I got um, a couple years under my belt, then um, other, started, other companies start calling me in for other additional opportunities. That's fantastic. And so did you work in corporate for, how long did you work in, did you work in corporate at all? Or did you just straight up start your own consultancy? Oh, no, I worked in corporate for over 18 years. So. Yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so the, after the Small Business Administration start, um, almost my entire career from that point on has been in corporate, except for about a year and a half stint in government. Mm -hmm. That wasn't ideal for me. Um, so <laughs> went back to corporate. But my longest stints, um, I did a 13 and a half year stint at Microsoft. And previous to that, I was at um, other big companies like uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield and um, AT&T wow. and the corporate entities like that. Yeah, Verizon Wireless. Verizon. Right out of school. Yep. I started in customer service and then wormed my way into human resources. <laughs> So that's, that's amazing that, that um, you, you, we kind of have similar paths where we, we went from the corporate path and then decided, you decided to make the switch to share your talents with other organizations. So what was that like, um, leaving the corporate entity or the corporate world and transitioning into your own practice? Well, it was extremely exciting. It was something that I've always wanted to do. Uh, my um, parents were entrepreneurial in nature as well, although they did have full-time roles as educators. They always had other small businesses as well. So I was used to that blended um, work style, which having a stable role while also doing other things. So I always had that entrepreneurial bug. Nice. And I must admit, Joy, in full transparency, I had some assistance. So oh, okay. um, I, when I was working at Microsoft, I actually was part of a special program uh, before it was really cool to have one, it was uh, like an incubator program. So I was able to start my own firm on a small scale uh, before I actually had to give up the paycheck. Nice. A lot of people don't have that. So yeah. I always tell them the story that it is helpful to have a jump start while you have a full <laughs> paycheck yes. to pay light bill. <laughs> yes, before you jump out, have your side hustle, like something on the side. Or um, at the very minimum, save up for yes. the time to take to ramp. At a very oh, minute. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that is great <laughs> advice because I had survival money saved up, but I did not know that I needed startup money. And that yes. is a whole different kind of different umbrella. <laughs> yes. It's a whole other lump of cash that you need yes. to have in hand. Definitely. It's, it's quite, it's quite hefty. So how long have you been in business with shockingly different leadership? Yeah, full time since 2014. Um, I well, was no, no. two and a half years um, working uh, corporate and doing consulting, but yes, full time since 2014. All right, so 2016 for me. I thought. I thought again. I was like, "Oh my gosh, another another parallel." <laughs> Just a little bit before, not too much before you. <laughs> so as you went into the practice of of helping other organizations, what you know, why is it important for businesses to be future ready today? 
Yeah, that's a great question because um, I think, you know, you read any kind of article or you, you know, look at the news or look in the world of business. Um, with technology, there's not a single industry alive out there that is not changing at a nanosecond. Right. And um, organizations, in order to be competitive, um, even if they're charities or nonprofits, in order to be competitive and stay in business and stay viable, you've got to not only plan for now, but you have to plan for the future as well. So one of um, the uh, founding guiding principles that I had of my firm was that we needed to help organizations become feature ready today. So help them bridge the gap of what they needed assistance on now, but also have a forward thinking or foresight to help them kind of gauge what's the next big thing that they're gonna to need to prepare for so that they can stay competitive. That's very, very helpful. So, I mean, do you do yes. this through consulting and facilitation? Do you have like a team? I, I did see a team of people like all over the world I do. <laughs> so my firm started out as a um, solopreneur, um, but then because I had such a varied background in HR, uh, talent development, ODOE, um, you name it, uh, firms started asking for those types of services as well. Mm -hmm. So about two years into being full-time 2016 is when we actually changed our business model uh, to provide more of those services. So we actually created divisions of um, consultants that worked in each one. We do have employees um, within our firm. And then we do also have a network of consultants that we pull in for bigger projects. Right. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so yes, we do have all over the world. Yes. <laughs> all over the global. They are global, everyone, if who's listening and watching. They are global, <laughs> worldwide. Worldwide. Worldwide, yes. What, what one myth, you know, since we we know the realities of working in human resources and working with and with talent development and, and humans in general in the workspace. What's one myth um, that you in working in HR that you'd like to eliminate, like just dispel? Oh, there's so many. Um, <laughs> well, have you one for another episode? <laughs> well, I would just, and I'll just say from my perspective, um, and, and please poke holes in it if you've had a different perspective, but most HR people are not there to be HR police of an organization. They're genuinely there to be a true uh, business partner and help the organization succeed succeed and their heart, mind, body, efforts, and soul is totally behind helping um, all employees and managers and leaders in the organization be the best that they can be so that the organization can be the best that they can be. But um, I remember when I first got into HR and you know you go into a new company and get introduced to new employees and they'll, they kind of shun because they're like, okay, the HR police is coming and we're really not that sometimes unfortunately we have to function in that type of role if there's some gross misconduct but 99.9% .9 of the time we're a collaborator with whoever we're working with absolutely i yeah. i totally agree with you we are not the popo we are like <laughs> supposed to help um i remember yeah. when i i started in a different hr department and uh there 
people were so scared of approaching the human resources department yeah. that no one came into the office. So I was just like, let's meet people where they are. So I, you know, Lucy has, has her advice, you know, little booth <laughs> for yeah. five cents. Well, yeah. we, I created this desk where it was called mobile HR. And we would set up our desk outside of the cafeteria and have two different shifts, like an AM and a PM shift because we were in a call center. And we just talked about whatever HR related issues, obviously not confidential, but if we had like right. a benefits package or something to roll out or wanted to talk about the employee assistance program or whatever it was that was happening, it got more people to come up and see us and be more visible and that we were humans, that we weren't like trying to like crack down and, and, you know, be the law. So, yes. um, and then it, and then what we started to see was more people felt comfortable coming into the office. And so yeah. that is exactly a myth that needs to be busted, but I definitely think we need to have you back on so that we could just have a <laughs> myth busters about HR. Yeah. I love I would, that. <laughs> I would love to write a book, but it just because of confidentiality, I just wouldn't be able to. Would um, yeah. Goodness. <laughs> That's what makes it exciting when you can put yeah. a name to something. But with confidentiality, you can't do that. Yeah, so. do I mean, you know, there's been all these different shows, you know, like Superstore and The Office. And every time I watch The Office, I'm always like, oh, oh my gosh, that poor HR person. <laughs> I know. Oh, it cringe. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of, of, of all the different things, the wonderful things that you do within your organization, you had a why. You had your company's why on your website. But what is your why? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Oh, honestly, I absolutely live for um, my gift is what I call strategic ideation. So I live in a world of possibilities and I absolutely love, well, I, first of all, I love business in the world of work. I just eat that up. I've always have since day one um, in my career, but I absolutely love um, brainstorming potential solutions uh, for organizations when they're lost or when they're not sure mm -hmm. and their hearts are in the right place and they want to do the right thing for their people and their teams where they're not quite sure how. Mm -hmm. I love, love, love rolling up my sleeves and let's, you know, whiteboard and see what we can come up with. But the strategic side of me is also very good about taking those world of possibilities and narrowing them down until what are the most viable options yeah. and seeing so that I, I would do free every day of the week if um, I didn't have a light bill to pay. So, exactly. <laughs> but yes, I absolutely love that. And what saddens me a little bit is that in some organizations, not all, but some um, human resources is not um, necessarily prioritized um, to invest right. in. I'm a big proponent of business leaders to you need to prioritize your human resources efforts, uh, whatever you're biting off for the next six to eight months or 12 months for priorities for your people, invest in them. Yes. Spend the dollars, um, invest in your, your HR staffs and people um, uh, and give them the resources that they need to help your people be successful. And I always say, um, it's so unfortunate that the very people who are accountable for taking care of organizations people 
um, have to fight, steal, beg, plead for yeah. the resources to do that. And yeah. that's one of the reasons why I started my firm to be that partner with them too. Uh, once they did get the investment and needed a, um, a thought partner, I wanted to raise my hand and be the first available. Oh, that's fantastic. And now I have a team. And now you have a global a team. Global. <laughs> yes. global. Global, global. <laughs> Yes. So, so I, you know, uh, for anyone who may be listening and not viewing us, um, Karen is a woman of color. And so there's that, we, you know, yeah. we've got the, we've got woman and we've got woman of color and business yeah. owner. So yeah. obviously you've experienced some challenges. Are there any specific key challenges in your career that were turning points that made you um, look at things a little differently or kind of help you come over some, um, some, some, um, I, I guess just any over things that challenges that you overcame, um, being the unique person that you are? Yes, that's a great question. Um, absolutely. Um, I would be not telling the truth if I said it was an easy ride, uh, uh building and growing, um, the firm. I, um, most of my career though, I have been in uh, male dominated industries like engineering and oil and gas and technology and what have you. So in the corporate space, I was kind of used to um, looking to find my voice, um, to try to be impactful, uh, to find a way around, um, um, those who weren't as familiar with people that looked like me or thought like me mm -hmm. and finding a bridge. So those skills that I built while in corporate were very helpful um, when I you know, started the firm. Um, I'm sure that those lenses are still out there um, as we're evaluated for projects or contracts or RFPs, but I've chosen um, to lead my firm how I would love to be treated. And those that I hire um, or team members that we partner with, I look for those who have those same values. So if we come to the table with immense acumen, have a history of doing excellent work and are providing value add to our clients to the point that they're recommending us, Nice. then that should be a strong enough story for others to consider us. And if it's not, then we're not the right people to partner with. And right. we're okay. That's okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. You, yeah, but I, I think it's beautiful that you reflect the clientele that, or the client or customers that all businesses should be reflecting, you know, okay. um, you know, of, of all of our, all of our different types of differences and the diversity of thought as well yes. as, as um, all the different types of things that make us unique. So Absolutely. thank you, thank you for that, thanks. Sure. <laughs> so I love this question. This is one of my favorite questions on Uh-oh, embrace. Favorite question time, favorite question time. So my favorite question to ask is if you could think back to little Karen, like young Karen, what would be um, one or two pieces of career or leadership advice that you would give to young Karen? Oh, wow. What a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, let's see, young Karen. Let me talk to you. Um, I would probably say, um, so by nature, I'm extremely people oriented and oriented and am sensitive to comments and feelings and you know I would I love the whole world to sing kumbaya together if, if, if I could you know impact that um and early in my career when you had rhythms like um you know performance reviews and I'm not gonna would never had a bad performance review but there are always things that you can do even better in coaching I would even take the, the one little thing that they'll say, oh, you could just improve upon. And I would just agonize over it for days and days and days. Um, so for Karen, little Karen, I would say, um, don't be so sensitive. Feedback is a gift. It continues to be a gift of which I've adopted throughout my career. Um, and that, um, yeah, just continue to appreciate people for what they are, the comments and feedback that they give. And then, you know, you do the same. You give, um, you know, comments and feedback to empower others um, as well. So, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Thank you so much for that. And young Karen sure. thanks you, I'm sure. I'm sure she you <laughs> I'm sure she does. <laughs> that is fantastic advice because again, we, you know, we, we kind of take that feedback and put it in our our baggage bag you know like and put it in there and we trudge back to the office or now or now as we're in this pandemic situation trug back to our home office and we just it weighs us down it can weigh us down that one word or the just a little bit more or the 0.5 percent that and, and it yeah. really can you can see it is a gift it is a gift it is a gift yourself so. yeah Excellent advice. Thank you so much for being on the show. Karen oh Felrose. Thank you for having me. I cannot yeah. believe it took this long for us to connect uh, via uh, online, right? I know, right? <laughs> so weird. I don't, I, you know, we're old school though. Like I just, we just picked up the phone and had a conversation. Yeah. Now, you know, nowadays you've got to like be, yeah. be on camera and have the lights and everything else. So, um, but I'm so glad that you're um, on the show and that you could give us a sneak peek into the world of human resources and how, how you were able to do it, build your career, and then also expand it so that other businesses can reap the benefits of your skills and your talents. So thank Absolutely. you so much. Thank, no, you, so thank much. you for having me. And if you want to learn more about Shockingly Different, uh, leadership, you can go to their website and we'll be putting it down in the comments below. Um, and as, if you like what you saw, please subscribe and share this with everybody. Uh, thank you so much for watching Career View Mirror and I'll see you later. Bye.